0: Welcome to the Inside the Star podcast. My name is Bryson Treese, and I'll be your host for this little tutorial. Joining me is InsideTheStar.com staff writer, Jess Haney, to talk about contracts, specifically that of Tony Romo and Tyrone Crawford. National media are reporting some odd numbers regarding Tony Romo's contract and his impact on the Cowboys in 2017. This much if he's traded, this much if he's cut, and the dollar amounts are all over the place, too. So we're going to try to clear this up. We're also going to discuss Tyrone Crawford's contract, too, You may have noticed Crawford isn't having quite the impact on the field that he's having on the salary cap, so we're quietly expecting the team to address that somehow as they look to free up cap space for free agents and draft picks. It's more of an exercise in what can be done rather than what will be done, and that's why I have Jess with me. Jess, what's up, man?
1: Hey, Maddie, How's it going?
0: It is going just dandy, thank you very much. So, NFL contracts and the Dallas Cowboys – there's a lot of confusion on that, and you follow people on Twitter as much as I do, so you know a lot of people get that wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: So what's the current condition of the Cowboys salary cap? Where do we stand right now?
1: Well, um, there was a widely circulated list that was going around social media yesterday that showed you accurately that as of right now, the Cowboys have the least cap space of any team in the NFL. They're a little over $3 million, um, under the cap, And, you know, comparatively, there are teams who are 10 to 20 million or more over. Uh, Things are tight. And until we make some other moves, uh, it's not pretty.
0: No, 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 it's certainly not. And if uh, if the listeners aren't caught up all the way, the salary cap for this year is set at $167 million, but the Cowboys did have a couple of million in rollover. So they're looking at $169, almost $169.5 million in total salary cap. And their space right now sits at $3.3 million. So they've got some uh, some maneuvering to do if they're even going to be able to sign their draft picks because the first-round pick will take up a good portion of that anyway. All right, so... Let's go down into the most pressing one. And as uh, you know, we talked about earlier today on another episode, Tony Romo's contract is the biggest deal because he's accounting for so much money and he's not even going to be there, not even going to provide value to the team. So right now, Romo's contract has three years remaining, $54 million total in base with all guaranteed money not owed. So let's start with the most basic scenario. The Cowboys cut Tony Romo before free agency begins next week. What does that do to the cap?
1: it drops it down by 5.1 million giving them um you know it takes it from 24.7 to 19.6 immediately freeing up 5.1 million in cap space
0: okay and now there are two options available that can change how that how he affects the cap this year one of them is a trade which also carries with it its own baggage we'll leave that aside for whatever player we get for him or picks, whatever. So there's a trade, and then there's designating him as a post-June 1st cut, which has the nice little stipulation that's uh, recent to the NFL, where they can designate him that way and still release him and make him free to negotiate and sign with other teams during the normal free agency period. So out of those two, what what's his effect if he's traded?
1: It's actually the same. Uh, as far as the salary cap goes, in a trade, it is effectively the same as if you were released. Um, the cap, the cap penalty for the team that's trading you is exactly the same. So, the, so really, the Cowboys don't get any benefit there other than getting something in return for their nineteen million in caps. Okay. In penalty. So,
0: so then, as far as the cap is concerned, there really is only two options: you either cut them outright, or you cut them as a to June first. Exactly. Okay, so what happens if he is designated as a post-June 1st cut?
1: Well, if he's a post-June 1st cut, then the dead money, uh, the cap penalty for 2017 changes from 19.6 to 12.7. So with that, you're going to be getting that additional almost $7 million in cap space this year. That sounds great, but it actually isn't available to you until june 2nd even if you cut tony Romo now and designate him as a june 1st cut you still don't get the credit for that extra seven million until june 2nd so you can't use it in the free agent market that starts next week
0: okay and that's not you know totally a big deal because cowboys aren't usually big in free agency anyway they they look for bargains so okay is there any other way that we can possibly bring that number down this year
1: the only way would be to negotiate something with Tony uh, and that would probably really only be in the case of if he was to retire um, to negotiate some sort of change in his um, in his finances. But right now with this talk that you know he and Jerry Jones have tension and he and Jason Garrett haven't talked in a month, I don't know how much negotiating he really is going to want to do. If
0: he is a June first cut, that brings his salary cap number down
1: this year. But what does it do next year? It uh, bumps it right back up. That seven million. All we're doing with that um, that seven million is deferring it. Uh, a lot of people, I say, kicking the can. That's basically what we're doing. So if the Cowboys can find a way to eat that money now, it benefits them so much because if you defer that money to next year. That's seven more million that you can't use in next year's free agent market. You already can't use it in this year's. It, you, now you still won't have it next year. If you can find a way to go ahead and eat it now, you're going to get that cap space for next year's market.
0: But the difference being, if it's if that goes to next year instead of the number being 19 million this year, it would come down to
1: come down to 12.7.
0: Okay, so we could do nineteen million this year or twelve point seven this year and seven million next year. Right. So there there are options they can kind of play around with. And that's that just with his contract. I mean, we've got to keep in mind there are, you know, dozens of players on this team that are able to be maneuvered. Let, let's say it that way. They're able to be maneuvered so that they can move it around. And it's kind of what they did with a couple of contracts recently. And another way that they can possibly do that would be with Tyrone Crawford's contract. As I mentioned before, his performance hasn't been stellar. It hasn't been quite what everybody had hoped. So, there is something they could possibly do with that. Right now, he's got 4 years remaining on his deal, 2017 through 2020, and that gets him 28 and a quarter million in base salary. His last guaranteed money was already paid in 2016, so there's no more of that owed. How do we manage that if Because, I mean, unlike Romo, he's not going to be cut or traded. They're going to hang on to Crawford. So what are the options to be able to reduce his cap number to a more reasonable level and still gain some cap space?
1: Well, what would be nice is if we had the option to give him the Doug Free or Brandon Carr offer of, you need to take a pay cut or else you're getting cut. Do you think
0: it warrants that right now?
1: Um, Our cap situation does. I think that right now Tyrone Crawford is in a really tricky spot because um, last year he got pushed out to the outside, not by his own fault, but because that's where we needed a player to play that left-end spot. And he he went out there and played it. But while he was gone, Malik Collins pretty much took over the three-technique defensive tackle position that belonged to Tyrone Crawford. So now... You're almost looking at a guy who's like, who's like a man without a position, and he's he's definitely got talent. He's definitely useful, but it would. I mean, if they had the ability to force him, if they had some leverage in the situation. I think they would use it, but now they really don't because they can't they they can't cut him. The the cap just doesn't allow for it.
0: Well, then that takes away their option to pull a Brandon Carr on him and try to say, well, you've got to you know take a pay cut.
1: Exactly. That I mean, I think that right now they wish they could do that, but because, you know, they've already paid him more than he's ever earned. His contract was based on projection rather than proven performance. So it wouldn't be hard to come to him and say, look, you've never earned this money to begin with, and you've kind of let us down in a way, but they just don't have any leverage.
0: So they're pretty much stuck with a guy like Crawford then.
1: Pretty much, um, they do have the June first option with Crawford, which, in a way, it, it, it's almost the same. It's like it almost ties back to what we were talking about with Tony Romo. You're you're gonna, if you do that, it's again about seven million dollars that you can free up this year, but it's not available till you to June second, and then um, it defers to next year and makes him even harder to cut then if you wanted to.
0: Well yeah and if anybody's not familiar with it with Crawford's contract he's due 7 and a quarter million this year then it's 6 7 and 8 million for each of the next 3 years and as far as his prorated goes and that's the part that we're talking about if we talk about a cap hit the prorated portion that's what is usually considered a signing bonus or things like that when you restructure you're manipulating that number to bring the base salary down he's got 3.1 million owed this year next year and 2019 with 1.1 million owed in the last year so it, the numbers aren't as substantial as Romo's were with you know 10.7 5.7 and 3.2 but there's an extra year so it still kind of adds up so you can kick the can but not not too far you can only do it so much
1: right and let me correct something I just said I said something about it would make it harder for him to cut if he was a post-June first cut he would all he would already be cut that I was thinking of a restructure and um, got my wires crossed there, but yeah, if we if we were to use the June 1st provision, that would p- push that money to next year where we couldn't use it um, in free agency, and it, we're just we would just keep perpetuating the same problem. Whereas this is the year that if we can to just eat as much of these bad contracts as we can and the penalties, and then hit really attack free agency next year while Dak and uh, Ezekiel are still cheap and we've got all this dead money out of the way with Tony.
0: Well, and since you mentioned it, restructuring contracts, that's something that I don't see a lot of people understanding very well. They never seem to understand that when we say that a player is restructuring a contract, they're not taking any less money, not one penny less than what their original contract said. All that's happening is a little bit of creative accounting to where we are taking the money that would have been due to them this year under base salary or something, and we're – Reallowing for it to come out of our cap next year or the year after, yeah. what, but you you can explain that better than I can.
1: When you're restructuring, what you were doing is is lowering the amount of the base salary in that year. So let's say, like for example, with um, Travis Frederick or Tyron Smith, they took a base They took their base salary amount and dropped it by several million dollars, converting that into a guaranteed bonus money. Dallas doesn't mind that with guys like Frederick and Smith, who they know are going to be here for another decade, they hope. So they don't mind converting that money over and over. It does cost the Cowboys leverage if they were to ever down the road have a reason to want to cut one of them. We don't foresee that with them. We don't foresee it with Zach Martin, who, once we sign him to a big deal, he's going to be getting the same thing year after year with the restructuring. But with guys like... I wrote an article on Inside the Star about Des Bryant and why I would not do it with him because he is a player that you do want to maintain some flexibility with based on some of the challenges and red flags that he has right now.
0: Yeah, because I mean, when you look at it from a player's point of view, a restructure is actually kind of a good thing for them because I mean, they get a little bit of cash up front, but it also gives them that security because you are taking away that leverage
1: to cut them later on. Exactly. It, it, it really is a very player friendly move. And so if you ever hear someone like like you said, if you ever hear that a player is restructuring, don't confuse that with they're taking a pay cut. Those are two very, very different things. And when a player is taking a true pay cut, you will know it because when Doug Free did it, when Brandon Carr did it, it was reported very differently and when you go
0: look at a site like overthecap.com you can usually get a pretty good idea for um, for restructures and it's not just restructures because you have to keep in mind when you restructure somebody you're taking their base salary and you're converting it into a bonus which is what shows up in that prorated column if you're looking at a at a cap figure so as you bring down this year's salary you raise the following year's prorated portion so it really does work out very well for the player in that regards. And sometimes it can work out for the team. I don't think the Cowboys are in a position where they can really say that they can afford to eat any additional money right now.
1: No, they, they aren't. It it It's tough. Um, you know, right now, you know, we're, we have the 3 million roughly in space. We know that we're going to get 5 million when, whenever, whatever happens with Romo happens, but, even then we're still looking pretty tough so unless we're going to make a move on Doug Free and free up another 5 million there unless we're going to do something with Jason Witten's contract which has some maneuvering power in it we may not i mean this is going to be a slow march <laughs> i hate to break that to you but um, you know we're not we're not going to be making much noise
0: and i'm looking over some of these now over on over the, over the cap.com and I was looking at Sean Lee. He's another one that shows up at the top there, but doesn't really look like there's a whole lot we can do with that. It looks like they did build his contract uh, so that they can expect something of a restructure next year, possibly even this year a little bit. He's got nine million in base with a three and a half million prorated for this year, but it's only one and a half next year and five hundred thousand in the final year.
1: Yeah, I mean if if they can do anything with his contract I think they will because at this point he has given us two years of very consistent healthy great play so even if it is only going to give them a little bit of relief at this point I mean that's the difference between one decent backup linebacker or something I mean they need they need every little bit they can pull together so they're going to get creative and little moves like Sean Lee are what we're going to see Sean Lee, I
0: don't anticipate would actually be any sort of restructure. That would probably be an extension, with only three years left. They could probably just add another two years on to help to help level the load a little bit more, so that they're still paying him and reducing some of their salary, some of their obligation for
1: this year. Exactly right, and that's probably what we're going to see happen with Jason Witten as well. Um, he may. I, I don't think Jason. If if he let's say Jason got a two year extension, I don't think he's actually going to play through twenty nineteen. Uh, in Dallas, but at least that's how his contract will get set up,
0: right? And then they'll just deal with the dead money when it comes around. Because just from the fact that he was considering retirement possibly this year, it's a fair bet he may retire after the 2017 season, and at worst case, definitely after the 2018 season.
1: Right. I mean, now the one thing is if 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 Tony goes somewhere, and Jason wants to go with him. I mean, that, that that's one way that maybe something might happen. I, I haven't heard that, obviously. I'm just throwing that out there, but who knows?
0: That is an interesting, interesting deal. It depends on where Romo goes, I guess, because there's not a, there's not a whole lot of openings for tight end. I mean, it, it is Jason Witten, but he's not the Jason Witten that, you know, everybody covets there. So it's a little, that's a little tidbit. Oh, sure. But, um, <laughs> but, alrighty so it sounds like the Cowboys are pretty much stuck in what they're going to do with uh, with Tony Romo I mean they can't really afford to push any more money to next year because other contracts are going to start coming into play then and they'll be in the same situation again so we're back to what, with what most people say get rid of these bad contracts
1: exactly and there is some you know, benefit to, the, to using the June 1st provision on him you hate to have that seven million in dead money next year, but another way to look at that is that gives you seven million in space that you can use this year to sign your rookies, to um, redo Zach Martin's contract, to potentially redo contracts for Demarcus Lawrence or Lael Collins, if um, you know they they really start to have good years. Um, and, and remember, you, you also roll over cap space, so if you have some of that that $7 million left over, it might roll over into next year and offset some of that dead money. So, I mean, it's just, it can get really convoluted. Uh, the bullet points right now are that Dallas does not have a lot of space, and no matter what they do between now and um, start a free agency, they're not going to have a ton to work with.
0: And that leaves them in quite a bit of a pickle, considering that draft picks are the least of their worries with all the free agents they have coming off their team this year.
1: Yeah, the, the, right now, the the thing that really scares me is what's going on at cornerback. Um, Brandon Carr and Morris Claiborne aren't either of them like elite players by any means. Um, but to lose both of them and to not have the money to sign one like really good starter in their place to pair to combine with Skandrick and with Anthony Brown, that scares me. And so I am, I am hoping that Brandon Carr really likes being a cowboy and is willing to take a a minimal deal to stay because that may be the only way to, to affordably fill that um, third, essentially third starting position at quarterback at cornerback.
0: Yeah. And with, with the cornerback stuff, the Morris Claiborne's almost out of our reach already, just because of what the market is out there. He's projected to be in the top five or top three of the available uh, cornerbacks. And that's just going to, it's going to make the situation that the Joneses have talked about for years, that it's not a true value that they're going to find in the free agent market. That's why they don't pay a lot in the market, because there's too many factors that go into it to inflate a player's value. And some of it comes down to the competition in the free agent market at their position. And right now, Claiborne, he's just going to be pushed up too high, even with his injury history and the fact that the first few years he really didn't do a whole lot i mean he only started to come on a little bit last year but then he got injured and missed the second half of the season
1: so yeah Mo- mo's whole situation in dallas has been almost tragic because he got brought in into a 3-4 scheme that suited you know the type of player that he is then we switched over to the cover 2 which did not suit him playing all that zone defense and then with the injury things on top of that it really you know killed um, his reputation in the league now he, he had that brief period where he started to look again like a guy who was once a uh, first round pick, but then he got injured for another nine games. So, I mean, he goes into this free agency market with so many red flags, but like you said, the market is so thin. He's pr- Even though he was on a one-year prove-it deal and didn't really prove much, he's probably going to get paid like he did anyway. And so yeah, Dallas just can't afford to be the ones to take that chance
0: totally agreed on that they're just not going to be able to do it and you know with brandon carr who knows what he's willing to do the fact that he has taken a pay cut to say that says a lot about him i mean it says a lot about his character but it says that he's looking at the team as a team and not just seeing what he can get for himself so i think that's encouraging at least but um I think we've covered pretty much everything. So uh, once again, I want to thank you all for listening to us today. And it's my sincere hope that you learned something from this episode of the Inside the Star podcast, because it's easy to get wrapped up in what the national media reports. They don't always have it right. You had to do your homework. And for that, I thank Jason at OverTheCap.com for providing such a valuable resource. If you haven't checked it out yet, OverTheCap.com. And this is no kind of paid promotion or anything like that. This is just a legitimate resource that me and the writers at InsideTheStar.com use anytime we want to look at, uh, at salary cap things and see what players' contracts are and work up scenarios and figure out where we are. So that's it for today. So until next time, have a good one and go Cowboys. Inside the Star podcast is a production of InsideTheStar.com, an affiliate of Slant Sports Digital.